Hello, hello, lovely people. Welcome into That Sounds Game. My name is Jer, and I will be your podcast host for this short time that we are together. Welcome back to another episode, and thank you for tuning in. It is October, which is wild that the month is already here. October is kind of historically a very difficult month for me, so I am navigating that with as much grace and poise as I possibly can right now. It's one of those months that every year I just think maybe it'll be easier this time around, and inevitably it is just as difficult as the last one, and it's the year that I came out, and my coming out was not the smoothest or the kindest, so every year it sort of just comes back and haunts me all over again. And I feel like there's this force that I can't quite shake off. But I make more and more progress every year, which I think is the goal, is to be constantly addressing our trauma and looking at ways that we can learn from it and grow. And in conjunction, one of my comfort shows that I watch is called Dead Like Me. It's about Grim Reapers. And it's it's my favorite show for a lot of different reasons, but every year that I watch it, I learn something different about myself. And I love those types of shows where a piece of fiction can help you uncover something you didn't know about you or unlock something that maybe you, you had buried. And there's an episode where there's a, a character, her name is Roxy, and she's trying to justify her death because she's a Grim Reaper. And she obviously died and she is every year going through and rehashing it again on her death date. And she has this moment where she says, I just don't understand why I can't let this go. And something about our traumas, something about the way that our body and our mind remembers those are, are things that they're almost like a scar that becomes a part of who we are. And we can choose to acknowledge that scarring in different ways and for a very long time, I, I would look at my scarring and I was just so hurt by it. And I was so angry that it existed. Last year, I, I was in a state of almost comatose for the entire month because I was just so hurt by it all. And I'm trying to get to a place where I can comfortably look at it and acknowledge this is sad and this hurts. But it's a part of who I am and it's made me stronger because of that that pain and that way that we look at trauma is so different for each one of us and, and how we process through that. We have to get to a resting place at, at some point with this pain. We can't leave our stuff unresolved because the longer that we leave it unresolved, the longer that it festers and the worse it becomes to deal with. And I very much believe that all of us as humans deal with grief, loss, pain, things like that in a cycle or two. I don't, I, I think that we all vacillate through them. And if you're familiar with the grief loss cycle, I think I've mentioned it on here before. Give it a little Google search, do some extra research into it. But the, the theory is that there's five distinct stages of grief that every human goes through. And we vacillate between those, you know, some of us, deal more with denial. 
Some of us deal more with bargaining or depression or anger, but eventually we get to an acceptance place and sometimes we eke back out into some of the other ones. And for me, it's every October, I kind of eke back into the other phases of it that for most of the time I'm in acceptance. And I think for a lot of us, we're in that. And that sometimes crops up when maybe you think about a family member that has passed or someone that was in your life that is no longer in it. And something reminds you of them and you go back into that that place of of frustration again or or sadness or wanting to fix it somehow. And you go back into that, even though you were totally fine just a few hours before and you weren't even thinking about it. And we all process through these phases differently. And I think some of us, for my my personal theory, is I think that each of us have two unique phases that we're always in whenever we deal with this type of of loss or grief. And for me, I'm very much vacillating usually between anger and sadness, those and depression, sadness, depression. Those are usually the two that I'm kind of vacillating between. And I've seen others who have about I always generally see two from people. And I, I have this theory that that happens. And for me, when I go into this, I sort of keep pendulum swinging back and forth to being angry and sad that something happened. And then I'll be like very intensely angry for a while and then very intensely sad and upset. And last year, it just manifested in, in pure sadness and eventually swung into some anger near the end of it as I was getting out of my cycle. But... It has not really hit me up until now. When I lost my uncle earlier this year, I sort of was thinking about that anger towards my parents in particular for how they treated me coming out. And for anyone who's listening who is queer, and I would assume that probably most of the people that are listening are are somewhere underneath that umbrella, is that some of us have really great coming out experiences. Some people have fantastic moments. You just tell your family who you are and they accept you and they love you. But there are so many of us who did not get that. And I am one of those. And I know many people who are always battling this inner turmoil of not feeling accepted. And we sort of talked about that in the last two episodes. So this is building upon that to some extent of finding your own validity in yourself of who you are as a queer person and understanding that who you are as that that person outside of being queer is is valid and is important and is special and unique and you deserve love and kindness and you deserve people in your life who are going to celebrate you for you and not to tear you down in any way. But even further beyond that, I want to talk about the process of coming out. Because it's been coming up a lot lately. There have been a couple of questions I've gotten over the last week from people in my own life of just saying that they they want to tell their family. They want to have that moment. They want to have that celebration with them. But there's also a fear 
of what will happen and what is coming next. And as queer people, we don't always know what is coming around the corner for us. We don't know what the response is going to be from people around us. And there might be people in your life that are so close to you who you don't want to lose. And I remember in college, I had the closest friends and I was so scared to tell them about who I was because I didn't want to lose them. And I was afraid that they would. And I held on to my secret for so long until it just bubbled out and there was nothing that could be done to hide it any longer because it was going to come out. It was who I was. It was my identity. And you can only keep yourself locked behind a door for so long before that person starts to pound their way out and kick down that door. And when you are lying to yourself and others, that can only stay for so long. That lie can only hold so much. Think of it like a dam with a crack in it and the water is leaking out. It's going to burst. Everyone is going to see it. And it's up to you to determine how you want to sort of damage control that and how you want to handle it. And it's like what I was talking about with addressing your trauma, that you can look at something in your grief and that is totally valid and you can choose to focus on the grief aspect and focus on whatever pain comes from that or you can choose to look at it in a way that is showcasing your growth and I think sometimes when we're afraid to tell people there's almost a shame about who we are and looking back objectively I can think of times where I didn't want to lose someone, not only because I didn't want to lose a relationship, but also I was I was ashamed and afraid of if they would like me, that if they didn't like me, something was wrong with me. And we've talked about fleeting validity. We've talked about confidence before. We've talked about these important key words about coming out of being you and authentically yourself and just being your radiating true human being that should be celebrated some people can't handle that and truly honestly the difficult thing to learn is that that is on them that what other people are thinking about you what other people are processing about you whether that be positive or negative or neither is completely on them as a person and we can't water ourselves down just to let somebody else have a cleaner view of who we are and sort of producing that and editing that down so that it's palatable to someone is such a disservice to us. And sometimes that comes out of a shame of being ashamed or afraid of who we are or sad that we're this person. And I know many queer people who have said for many years of their life that they just wished that they hadn't been because it would have been so much easier. And there's sometimes where I think that, yes, my life would be so much easier if I was straight, if I identified in 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 a male presenting and identifying a manner. There would be so many things that could be sort of easier for my life. But the way that I've chosen to look at that is this is who I am. This is my authentic real self. 
of being this non-binary queer person. And I love that and I celebrate that and I cherish that. And that's something that's very important to me. It's an important part of my identity. And I will not water that down because somebody else feels uncomfortable by it because that's on them. That's their problem. And it's the same thing we've talked about in the, the confidence episode where when you are, are are sort of growing and you're becoming a more realized version of you, you don't have to worry about what others are thinking because your validation is coming from you. It, the call is not coming from outside of the house. It's coming from inside the house. And you can celebrate you and you can love you without needing anybody else's approval or validation because that's all fleeting. Someone who is here for you right now might not be here for you in a month. Those friendships and those relationships change over time and that is perfectly healthy and normal. And if you are sort of hinging your identity and your acceptance to one person, it's only going to cause you pain in the long run. And so while we talk about coming out and about this process, it's also important to recognize the safety around you and those who are in your corner and those who will support you through that because it is a turbulent journey as you're opening up doors and letting your authentic self come out. There's sort of an exposed status that exists on that true authentic self. Sort of think of it in a metaphor of like a snail that there's this squishy creature on the inside of this snail. And if you were to remove that shell and take away that outer exterior or a turtle, if you've never seen a snail before, because I just realized there are some people who don't know what snails look like. I remember specifically in college meeting a girl who had no idea what a snail was. She stepped on one and had no idea what it was, had never seen one. I thought they were, like, not real. thought they were, like, something in a book, like a kid's book or something. Like a turtle. You know, it's, it's one of those. You take away the shell. You take away this tough, hard, safety net exterior. And you allow this squishy creature to come out and be seen and be completely vulnerable to who you are as it finds sort of a new home, a new, a new shell that matches the interior, you are opening up to a lot of criticism from those around you. And that can be very painful. Even if you have justified it and you have, you've processed through your feelings and you are totally comfortable with who you are, there's still a lot of pain of maybe being rejected or what have you with coming out losing people that might be close to you that supported you at one point. It's important to have that safety net. And I'm assuming that most people that are listening to this have already gone through that process of coming out. But if you know someone who is in that process, it's so important to be there for them and to let them know that they are valid and important and that they matter and that this decision to come out and to be themselves is going to be such a rewarding one. And I think many people don't necessarily see how freeing it will be once they're finally out. It's like breathing for the first time. It's understanding 
who you are for the first time ever and everybody can see it and everybody knows it and it's it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's like nothing that you can ever describe or explain to anyone and it's such an incredible feeling to get to do that and as I look back even now to points in my life where I wasn't out and I think damn I didn't even know who I was back then I had no clue I thought I did I had no clue I wasn't even there yet and once you start opening up those doors you start unboxing those little pieces of who you are and exposing that, breaking it down, you start to find so many more beautiful things about you. And that's a really great place to be. But it's important to be smart about that and to be safe about that. And I want to really impart for anybody who's ever gotten the question of, I want to come out to Always remind that person to be safe and smart while they do it. Sometimes there's a rush to come out. And it's like, I see all these other people who are doing it. I want to do it too. I want to feel that freedom. But sometimes it's not safe. And I remember I I had a very, I distinctly remember this. I had a very specific conversation with someone less than a month ago where they, they said, my parents are really conservative and I live in a really conservative town and I don't think it's going to go well, but I really want them to know. And I, I just don't know what's going to happen afterwards. And the unfortunate advice that I had to give them was as much as you want to, maybe this is not the space or the time to do that. Maybe you need to stay at, uh, in for just a little bit longer. Stay in that shell because it's safe right now. Because sometimes the worst could happen if you come out. And as exciting as it feels to want to do that, sometimes it's just not a good idea. And always remind people to be smart about their decisions to do that. Because the worst feeling is to start that process. You open that door, you expose it. And a family member shuts you down, slams that door closed, shames you for it, possibly does something damaging to you from that. And this process of exposing yourself and exposing who you really are gets the the rug gets swooped out from underneath your feet. And that process becomes even longer because now you have to process through all of that pain and guilt and grief and shame of doing it the first time and not being accepted or loved. And that can cause so many more problems because of an ambition to get out. And I've been there. I've done that. I've bought that t-shirt. I was so hasty to do it. And I really wanted to. And I almost got everything taken away from me. When I was 18, I sort of came out. Sort of. It was a sort of forced situation that happened and it it got very unsafe. And as I got, I, I, I had to process through all this. So it took me many years for me to get older and to process through that and to be comfortable with who I was in order to fully do it. It was continued to be unsafe 
And for many, many, many years, I had to process through that and and struggle through that pain of getting to a place where I was comfortable with just being me. And so my biggest advice whenever people are always asking if when they should come out is do it when you feel like it's time and when you're ready, but also to be smart about it. If you're living at home and your parents are not about that and there's even the remote possibility that they could remove you from the premises and make you live on the streets, I say keep living under free housing, eat their free food, deal with their nonsense, and get yourself to a stable place so that you can move out and get to where you need to go. Our survival instincts will kick in. It won't be comfortable. It's not a painless thing because you still have to keep hiding and that person wants to come out. That dam is leaking and, and it's going to pop eventually. But you, it's important to remember to be smart. And sometimes that safety is more important than anything. There's a, a very interesting theory called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And it, again, another quick Google search, look, th- look it up if you haven't heard of it. But it basically establishes that as humans... We have an idealized version that we're trying to climb up this pyramid of. And at the bottom of this pyramid are like really basic needs, food, shelter, water. And the next set is more relationship type needs, you know, family, friends, love, things like that. The next one is like identity. And then as you're climbing up to the to the top tier of this pyramid is where your fully realized idealized self is. You have everything covered Nothing is not met. All your needs are there and are taken care of, which allows you to progress up these steps to become you. And if you are not getting those base needs met, you cannot reach that top part of that tower. And it's very important to consider those things as much as it is uncomfortable. And so I always encourage people to remember their safety and I remind people that their safety has to come first and just something to mull over for anyone who may be asking similarly or anyone who is thinking about that and sort of getting into a wrap-up place with coming out this is a, a joyous experience to be you And to let others love you. And they deserve to have you at your best. Which is why it's important to take these steps carefully. And to show yourself the kindness of letting your needs be met. Embracing yourself. Gaining confidence in who you are. Resolving maybe any trauma or shame around your identity. Because that's still prevalent even for people that are coming out as full adults is dealing with the shame of it because our society has made us feel that we are less than and we, again, cannot be searching for that validity outside. If other people are shaming us for who we are and are trying to drag us down, that's on them. That's on them, bestie. It's not on us. It's not on us to worry about how other people are feeling or make other people comfortable with our sexuality or our gender expression or our gender identity. That's ours. 
that's on us to find our own confidence. And to everybody else, to heck with their opinions or feelings. They can have them. Those are theirs. And they're not our business. Our business is us. Our business is taking care of ourselves first. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode. I'm going to be shifting gears pretty soon to moving away from sort of this self uh, reflection uh, semi, I don't know, self helpy type type of situation we've gotten ourselves in right now. I think I'm going to be shifting away from that pretty soon. I want to talk about something in the, the, the sort of spoopy category in this month. And it'll be kind of shifting gears, moving into another arc of That Sounds Gay. And I'm really, really excited to get into some other stuff. But I might be talking about uh, something a little bit darker before the month is over. Something I've been wanting to talk about for a really, really, really long time. I just need to get some notes done and actually like put in some work to it before I can unveil that. But we might be shifting gears from this style soon. But I just want to thank you for, again, being a part of this and listening and always tuning in. There are so many of you who are listening now, and I really, really genuinely appreciate it so much that y'all listen and want to listen to the things that I have to say. So I hope you have a good week. Hopefully talk to you next week and take care of yourselves. All the love to you, friends.